Welcome to Feel Better, Live More Bite Size, your weekly dose of positivity and optimism to get you ready for the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I've come across. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and so much more, and I myself take it regularly. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more to access a very special offer. For this February only, they are giving my listeners 10 free travel packs and one year supply of vitamin D with your first order. See all details at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. Today's clip is from episode 93 of the podcast with my good friend and fellow podcast host, Rich Roll. In this clip, Rich talks about the importance of having time alone with our thoughts and why we all need discomfort in order to grow. When I think about life, when I think about health, when I think about what people are struggling with these days, and if someone was to ask me what I think the number one problem in society is, I think it's solitude. I think it's the fact that we we have no downtime, we have no space. I think one of the negatives that technology has done for all its positives, one of the negatives is, I don't think the negative that's been spoken about enough, which is the fact that it any bit of downtime we previously had has been stolen from us. I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm older than you, but I think one thing that we we share in our general age bracket is that to the extent that we are the same general generation, we are the last crop of people who know what it's like to live in a pre-internet world and now live in a fully connected world. Our childhood was marked by periods of boredom where we had to go out of our way to figure out creative ways to entertain ourselves. Like the amount of energy that you would have to exude with your imagination to figure out how to spend time was you know, extraordinary. Fast forward to, you know, the 12 year old now or the 10 year old or the eight year old, they have to exert even more energy to not be distracted, to find boredom, to find stillness. And I think it cannot be overstated how profound a change that is. And I'm not sure that we really appreciate the extent to which that's going to change the course of of humanity, because what is that person going to look like in 20 or 30 years when they're an adult? It's going to be a very different type of being. And I think now, uh, more than ever, we're in a uh, crisis of presence in that we never have to be by ourselves ever again, ever, ever. You have to go out of your way to find a moment of stillness. And who was it who said, you know, all of all of man's suffering can be boiled down to his inability to spend, you know, time alone with himself? I mean, we don't ever have to be alone with ourselves. And I know that I've found myself struggling with this because of how different my life is now from when I wrote my first book. Now there's so many more things vying for my attention. And a lot of those are driven by technology that 
you have to you have to move heaven and earth to create boundaries around yeah. that to carve out a few moments of quiet because you're expected to be um you know accountable and in communication at every given moment of your waking day i agree that i don't think we recognize the gravity of this i i think when we you know we're missing a lot of the big picture when we talk about even things like food and sugar, for example, as important as they are, when you understand where a lot of our behaviors come from, this whole idea of these underlying stressors in our life and how we then use our certain behaviors to compensate for them, I think a lack of downtime is one of the biggest stressors because if you can't sit alone with your thoughts and you always need distraction, well, you're going to use distraction, whether it's social media, whether it's Netflix, whether it's food, right? So how much of unhealthy food intake is driven by an inability to sit and be alone. I think a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think emotional eating is, is a condition that's under, uh, underappreciated. It's easy to dismiss that like, oh, I'm addicted to whatever kind of food, but you know, I think most people's compulsive eating, eating behaviors and patterns are a function of this unconscious drive to change their emotional state like this reflexive um, need to not feel whatever they're feeling, you know? And I think if you, if somebody was to do a food journal and, or, or, or to posit the question, like, how come I always like, you know, end up, you know, face planning in the Haagen-Dazs, you know, three times a week at midnight or whatever. Like if you were to journal, like what, what happened to you emotionally that day? Like there's triggers for these things, like something emotional, you're feeling, you're experiencing some kind of emotion that maybe you're not even consciously aware of or completely in touch with that is compelling you in an unconscious way to behave in a certain way to change that emotional state so that you can feel different. So whether it's drugs and alcohol or food or the phone or whatever it else, whatever else is, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Yeah. It is a, you know, addictive predisposition to alter your emotional state and avoid having to confront, uh, you know, a feeling or an emotion and an inability because of the way we're hardwired to understand that feelings are just that, they're feelings. Like when, a, when we have an uncomfortable feeling or a, f a fear impulse or something like that, you know, we're hardwired through our amygdala, which we talked about earlier, to think that we're, we're in peril, we're going to die, right? And we're gonna act accordingly to redress that. But the truth is, it's just an emotion. You're not going to die. And if you can develop the wherewithal to sit with it, to be in that discomfort, you will come to understand one fundamental aspect of emotions, which is that they are constantly in flux and they are not static and it will change and it will pass. But it is only through the willingness to weather through that discomfort that you can become connected to that. And I think we're in a culture right now where nobody wants to be uncomfortable for a minute. And everything about society uh, is oriented around luxury and comfort and um, convenience and the idea of having to tolerate even a moment of discomfort is considered you know, something that we're trying to transcend. And yet deep within us, we have a deep need to 
be in discomfort in order to grow. And I think that's why you're seeing like Spartan races and ultra endurance. Like there's what, you know, like if it's all about luxury and comfort and, you know, a, a padded bank account, then why are all these people showing up to climb in the mud, you know, on a, you know, cold Sunday morning? It's because as human beings, we're disconnected from that natural state. And I think the more that we're willing to be in discomfort, the more resilient we become, the more alive we feel, and the more connected to the planet, to ourselves, and to each other we learn to be. So what's the take-home for someone who's listening to this? All I can do is share my experience. And if that connects with people, that's great. So please, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I just know from my own experience that the way that I can get myself to feel more alive is to um, carve out time and protect time to do things that I enjoy, first of all. You know, in my case, it happened to be fitness oriented and that turned into ultra endurance. In, you know, the listener's case, it could be anything. It could be painting. It could be stand-up comedy. It could be model trains. It could be anything. But I think it's really important, no matter how busy your life is, to exercise self-care by making sure that you, um, that you do something that you, that you love. And if you don't know what you love, try to remember the things that you enjoyed doing as a kid, what were you naturally drawn to? I mean, that's what brought me back into swimming and running. I think that's really important. And I think it's really important to um, step outside your comfort zone and challenge yourself to do something that scares you. And it doesn't have to be some big deal. Even if you're extending yourself outside your comfort zone a little bit, I think it's important. And I think you'll find it to be incredibly gratifying. And I think it it also fuels... Um, resilience and an openness to more change. And if you're, if you can kind of walk that path a little bit, I think the universe expands. It opens up for you. Hope you enjoyed that bite-sized clip. Do spread the love by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want more, why not go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. If you enjoyed this episode, I think you will really enjoy my bite-sized Friday email. It's called the Friday Five. And each week I share things that I do not share on social media. It contains five short doses of positivity, articles or books that I'm reading, quotes that I'm thinking about, exciting research I've come across, and so much more. I really think you're going to love it. The goal is for it to be a small yet powerful dose of feel-good to get you ready for the weekend. You can sign up for it free of charge at drchatterjee.com forward slash Friday 5. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back next week with my long form conversation on Wednesday and the latest episode of Bite Science next Friday.